You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's time for the Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. Off air, right before we hit record, we were having, uh, well, starting to have kind of an amusing conversation about, have you ever done something a certain way for so long that it be, kind of becomes rote? That's just how you do it until you realize, well, you know, if I did this or I went and got that, it would make it a lot easier. Yeah. Yep. You got any uh, suggestions or do you got any examples of that? Yeah. I remember for an awful long time um, after my iPhone, after the iPhone came out, I used to continue to listen to podcasts on it the same way I always had, which was download them on iTunes on my on my computer and then sync them to my phone, just like an iPod. So for, for years and years, I was doing that. And so, you know, every time I wanted to update a podcast, I had to go to my computer, sync my podcast to my computer, and then plug it into iTunes and sync them all over. And it occurred to me one day that there were podcast apps I could run on the iPhone. I could do it all on there. Even after it occurred to me, it took me about a month before I got around to actually downloading one of those and trying it. And of course, then I do what we all do now, which is... I sync my podcast on my phone and I listen to them. And as I listen to them, it syncs more. Yep. And I'm always up to date. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, why didn't I do this years ago? Why did this never occur to me that the iPhone is a computer and not an iPod and can go and get it, the podcast itself? I got, I got two practical ones for you. First one is, and they're both, believe it or not, strainers. You know what a strainer is. Yeah, kitchen. Like, a, like a sieve for you know, getting water out of pasta and things like that. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. And that's the first one. So, number one, I would I had a round strainer for a long time. And it had a little base on it, and I'd put that in the sink. And then I would pour the boiling hot pasta into that, and it would strain yeah. the water. And then I would pour the pasta back in the pan to add butter or garlic or whatever yeah. I'm going to do. It occurred to me one day, what if I just took the strainer, put it in the pan itself... And tip the whole pan over. Yeah. Uh, it was so a thousand times easier. <laughs> and and then we would have things that you needed to rinse out. But if you try to pour them into this round strainer, some of it's going to fall into the sink, too. It, it's yeah. just going to happen. Well, I'm on, and I've, I've seen these on TikTok, but you know how that is. You just see it when you keep going. I was on Amazon one day. Everything you see on TikTok yeah. is either fake or crap. Right. So I'm on I'm on Amazon one day and they have the strainer that's rectangular shape and that it you can stretch it out. It expands and it right. rests on your sink and you just pour into that. Yeah. And that's rectangular and long, so you, nothing falls out. Oh, so I was just like I bought that and my wife's just like, Why didn't we ever have this before? How how have we gone twenty years without this? Yeah. It, but, it, but it's small little things, but it's quality of life. You're like, I spent for, 16 the, bucks for it, and it's freaking amazing. Yeah, the further extension of that is actually having that thing and then still not using it because you go to, to strain the past or whatever, and you think, oh, it's in it's in the cub in the other room. Um, I'll just use this one here. Well, it's right. not quite and that bad. And you struggle with it, and then, and then you keep struggling with it, and then you think, why didn't I just go and get the other thing? Well, the thing has to be rote. Because I would yeah. still reach for the other strainer and start doing it that way until I go, oh, pff, duh, I got to grab yeah. the other strainer. That's way better. 
or I'm halfway through it and I'm like, I'll just use this one. Yeah. Yeah. Until it becomes rote and doing well, this it is over it. We and are, over and over. Yeah. We are creatures of habit and we tend to do things the same way we've always done them. And sometimes it's, uh, particularly as you get older, it's harder to change your idea to do it, do it some other way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you all know. came up because of the way the changes between the new dealership that I work at and the old one. You know, the yeah. old one did things certain way, and I'm used to it that way. This way, this, the new one does things different ways. Same end game, but it's more it's it's more old school. And I'm hoping to convince them to maybe make some changes to do things that's going to be way more efficient. Uh, sometimes as well, you get, and I have a situation this at work at the moment, you get situations where somebody changes something and makes it worse, and yep. they think it's better. So, for instance... Um, they've just updated our expenses policy at work. And so if you order, depending on the value of the item, you have to get authorization from the budget holder before you buy the item, right? So suppose I needed something that was for, for IT that was £350. I would have to speak to the um, speak to the budget holder beforehand and say, can I spend that money on this item and get something in writing from them? before I go out and expense it. Now, that's fine in principle from the from the point of view of the finance person who introduced that thing, because they go, oh, well, we don't want you spending money, which might not be authorised. But the thing is, is we're such a small company, there's only about 120 of us, it would be very unusual for somebody to go and spend that amount without knowing that it was needed and would be authorised. So it just introduces an extra step. And the point is, all our expenses, if they're going to get paid to us, have to be authorised by the budget holder anyway. So you'd only do that once and the guy go turn around and go, oh, well, you know, I didn't, I, no, I don't agree you should buy that, which would mean you wouldn't get the money back for it. <laughs> then you wouldn't do it again. So actually, all it's done is it's slowed down our purchasing of items inside the company for no good reason whatsoever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, those are frustrating. Yeah. But sometimes you can fix that. Well, yeah, the problem is the person who's come up with this um this idea thinks that every time they have an idea it's the world's best idea ever. Well, I know people like that too. <laughs> you know. And also as well, the pain that their idea causes doesn't affect them whatsoever. We had you know, something all it does is inconvenience other people. We had, and I think I talked to you about this once before at the old dealership. Um I think I hope most people understand what a CRM is, um, customer yeah. resource management software. So basically, if if someone from a business is texting or emailing you, all your customer records, purchase history, that's all in the CRM. Yeah. And dealerships live in the CRM. That's where the customers are located, right? Yeah. So we had one at the old dealership that they had used for many many years. Well, they got the bright idea in 2019 to switch to a brand new flashier CRM. And I'm not opposed to new software. I mean, I'm a tech guy. But the company that came in and sold the dealership sold a couple people in the dealership who don't live in the CRM, didn't really understand it. They did, but not really. Yeah. Um, and they were just sold a bill of goods. It, yeah. They're easy marks, let me put it that way. And they rolled this thing out. And tell everyone this is what we're going to be using. And there's a, I guess you'd call him the support guy for the new CRM. He comes in yeah. and shows it, 
very little training, and he's our point of contact. Any questions or problems, reach out to me directly. That's a problem when you give me that information because I'm going to reach out to you directly. Yeah. And it was a POS. Yeah. I mean, it was so bad on every level. After four days, I told management, I'm not using it. I'm going back to the old one because we let the old one stay running for historical stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, every day I was sending six or seven texts or emails to this guy. I'm like, hey, I needed to do this. Oh, well, that hasn't been implemented yet. And, oh, I'll take that to the designers. That's something we can look at. And they hated me. They really did. He actually called my manager and was like, this guy is nothing but a problem. He keeps reporting all these issues. And and my manager was like, yeah, you gave him your information. And you said, you know, this is a problem. So on the fifth day, they just turned it off and went back to the old system. Yeah. It was so frustrating because... It was if they would have brought me into these sales meetings, I would have shut the guy down in about five seconds. We wouldn't have wasted a dime. Well, I mean, you know, in the, there's a way to purchase software, and the way to purchase software is not to have somebody coming in pitch to guys who don't understand the old software and the requirements, uh, and let them be snow, you know, snowballed on. Oh, don't worry, it can do everything you need it to do because all CRMs are the same, which isn't the case because they're all customized for business process. Yep, and. Um, you know, it needs to be a slot in replacement. It can't just be, oh, well, now you do everything differently. Uh, and, yeah, half the things you need it to do, you can't do anymore. Yeah, but it then, was ridiculous. You know, software sales is, uh, you know, is very much a snake oil industry. Oh, sometimes. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. the problem was they were like, well, video is the future of this. you got to be doing video. So everything, all the processes around video. Well, I'm sorry, people are buying a car not watching Netflix here. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's there's quite a lot of that in the English car industry now. Every time I get my car serviced, they send a video a vid- of the mechanic. Yeah, send a video of the mechanic, you know, underneath the car. Well, see, I think things. that's kind of a good idea, actually. If done right, it's kind of nice to be able to see who the mechanic was, or at least hear his voice, and saying, "Okay, this is what we did, and I checked your tires. Your tires are good. Here's your brakes. They look good." It's kind of nice to be able to see that. Um, as long as they're not trying to sell you on stuff. Yeah, well, that's the problem. The video is there to try and sell you on, uh, oh, well, you might need new tires. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, this 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 bit looks all right, but don't worry, in the next 10,000 miles it'll break and you'll need, need a new one. Yeah. There's an awful lot of that going on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I sometimes don't feel, um, you know, it's particularly useful, especially as I'm not a mechanic. So I could look at the video. They could show me anything under there. Uh, I don't like for, for a start. You can't even tell it's your car. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, is yeah, it even my car? I, I don't know. I don't know what a bad brake looks like compared to a good brake. So they show me a video of a brake off somebody's smartphone, and it's just like, okay, well, yeah, you give me information I can't process. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk you know. about some geeky stuff. Yeah, uh, I am sure, like me, you finished the first uh, the the new season of Discovery, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, uh, you mean Strange New Worlds? No, you keep strange, I know. Discovery. I do keep coming with Discovery. <laughs> Discovery's strange not Strange New yet. Worlds. Strange New Worlds. Yeah, I did. Oh, um, and it was fabulous. It was so good. Absolutely fabulous. Unlike last year, I think this one had. I well, some it depends on your opinion. Some people didn't like the musical episode. Um, I I, actually, I skipped through the songs. It was. Yeah. I'm not a big musical guy, and I think yeah. many sci-fi fans are not musical people, and I yeah. get why they did it. 
it's fun and creative and you know kind of like the same thing with the crossover with the animated series it's different it's fun there's a reason that one worked and the musical didn't for many people i get those who liked it and i assume that you probably yeah. did um i enjoyed it yeah i i liked that it wasn't a straight musical there was a reason they start singing it was kind of a yeah, stupid it, reason it, but it's a reason yeah, I mean, the reason is 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 an excuse. It's the MacGuffin of the episode, as always. Um, and obviously, you know, most of these shows have casts who have musical backgrounds or are musicians and that sort of thing. And this is an opportunity to give them, to, to let them have fun at work. Yeah, and you and could tell off. they were having a good you know, time. Exactly. And you know what? The only thing I would say about it for anybody who doesn't like the episode is, first of all, you know, it's a standalone episode. You didn't need to watch it at all. Uh, and secondly... Um, I appreciate the fact that they are not that they're not so serious and they're having fun with this. I mean, one of the criticisms you've made frequently, a lot of people have made about Star Trek Discovery is it's all emotion and crying and big stakes and all of that. And this this has the silly episodes that the The dog agrees. Yeah, the dog agrees. Um, You know, the original series had stupid episodes. Yeah. You know, where where we're kind of silly things happened and 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 so did the next generation yeah uh the next generation probably a little bit more uh and some of those were <laughs> failures or do you remember the one the next generation where they all all the senior crew got turned into children yes that was so bad that was that was not great and there was one with masks as well that was also terrible uh i remember that the, one uh there was well yeah most people don't i don't think and there was the, was the one where um beverly crusher started sleeping with a ghost oh yeah that that slept with her great 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 grandmother or something yeah. that one was also pretty far out there but hey it was it was the 80s but, what are you well do? it was also the 90s but <laughs> the they 90s, also yeah. had a lot of uh, like what 22 episodes per season <clears throat> and yeah. it went seven seasons i mean you know yeah I, I i i guess i suppose one one of the the only disappointing things about Strange New Worlds is it is so short and you can, you know, you wait for a season and you can burn through it in a few weeks and then you kind of want more because it's so good. And um, that's the issue and- that I have with the new one. They went back to uh, arguably what made the next generation a success because you got to remember the first couple of seasons were not good. No, and, exactly. Yeah. And it, they were losing viewers. And in the third season, yeah, they had a cliffhanger. Uh, season finale when Picard is turned into a Borg. Yeah. And they did exactly that. I don't want to spoil it, what happens in this episode, but it's a to-be-continued. Yeah. And it was, the similarities were very powerful. Because you remember in, but they also weren't. At the end of the Picard episode, Riker says fire. And then they cut to to to-be-continued, right? Yeah. So he's very decisive. And really, that episode is more about Art Riker stepping into the command chair than it is Picard becoming a Borg. A lot of people miss uh, uh, that. Yeah, and also as well, you know, there's the, the, the for, for one of the few times where, you you know, by leaving it on a cliffhanger, you wonder, oh, they're going to make radical changes here. Could, you know, could Picard be killed yeah. because he's a Borg? You know, could, could uh, Riker becoming the captain? Um, you know, and also as well, the Borg was... The Borg, frankly, one of the best villains ever created in a yes. sci-fi show oh, because 100%. they were they were so implacable and unstoppable and adaptable, and you could do so many things with them as they have done over the years. Yes, um, to a fault, I would say. 
yeah, but yeah, maybe maybe overused now. But the point is, back then there was yeah, there was nothing like that, and and Star Trek at that point was still very episodic. Yes, it was. You know, everything's wrapped up by the end of the show. Um, and we go back to normal for the next adventure next week. And all of a sudden, first of all, they trailed that. They they introduced that uh, baddie earlier in the earlier in the season, right? Together with their with one of their other big um, things, Q, because Q is the one who introduces the Borg to them. Sure. Um, and and yeah, it was just like okay, well they've been afraid of this, and now here it is, and things are not going very well at all. I mean that first part of the first episode of the Best of Both Worlds, yeah, uh, is 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 it's pretty grim for the Federation. I mean it looks pretty bad, uh, and uh, and yeah, to to end it on that that big cliffhanger, and um, yeah, it caused a lot. Of, I remember even back then before the internet, um, people were talking about it. You know? Oh, they were. It it, yeah. it was the the first. TV show, I remember, maybe, nah, I would say Dallas was probably the first one who shot JR. Yeah, who but shot JR, yeah. It, it, was a, it was a milestone moment, especially for a, a show like Star Trek that was so episodic, whereas Dallas was a soap opera. It was one yeah. led to the next, to the next. Um, so a little bit different there, but in Strange New Worlds, you know, without spoiling too much, the captain isn't sure what to do. Yeah, and, and they kind of did that at the end of the first season. I mean, there was the shocker at the end of the first season of uh, Chin Riley being arrested for being uh, right. genetically modified. Yeah, but that's and not again, a big... Was, you know they're going to get No, it it's not. But but I, I think they were building up to, you know, this is this is obviously their shtick, is that they want to do this at the end of the season to keep people coming back for the season after. And, of course, what they did with this season is they didn't even re- resolve that in the first episode. No. They had a complete separate episode. Yep. Um uh, about other stuff before they before they got to that absolutely banging courtroom episode they yeah, did. Yeah, it was fantastic. Season, which was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So I would yeah. I would give episode two an A plus, just the same as season one. I think season yeah. two. Um, I don't know if I like it more the same or a little less, but I'm going to say the same right now. I I think that they kept the creativity, uh, the excitement. The production value, the writing, everything was just as good as up as season one. Yeah, no drop off. No, no, I I wouldn't say so. And in fact, I would, I would probably say probably because I'm a bit more familiar with the characters this year, I would say that um, I enjoyed this season a little bit more than the first season. But it's 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 yeah, it's a very we're talking about degrees. Of, yes. Of, of likely liking and, and disliking. There are some things I liked about it. There are some things that were frustratingly underused. The whole business with having Carol Kane as the, uh, as the engineer, I just thought was, you know, I thought they were going to do more with that than they did. Um, but again, I feel like they that, were setting something up and then we find out what that's probably setting up yeah, in this new episode. But, the, but again, the problem, the problem is they only have 10 episodes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I yeah. like that they're super focused. There's only ten episodes, which means everyone has to be really good. But and I don't want filler episodes. You know that's no. the problem with twenty two episodes. But I yeah. feel like this series would do well to go to maybe fifteen episodes. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, because you know there was some great. I mean, the the stuff they did with these characters that most that were were literally side characters in the original show like the stuff they did with mabenga this year oh fantastic amazing yeah yeah and and you know you really you know first of all they set up the relationship you know he's kind of like um 
Pike's bones. You know, they're good friends, known each other for a long time. Uh, and then it, then it, then they've given Mabenga this this massive kind of war backstory, which completely evolves with with who he is now. Yep. And and his struggle with that is great. A struggle and the actor. With, well, but I liked the yeah. the story about his daughter. Although I yeah. don't like the fact that she wasn't brought up one time this entire season, not once. <laughs> it's like well, no, that was gone. kind of a she's big gone. deal. No, she's gone now. That's why. Yeah. The seat. Yeah, the one last season where um, where they had where everyone got turned into fantasy people. Yeah, she she left to join the aliens, so she's gone now. Yeah, yeah. but there's no repercussions from that. I don't oh, know. Well, yeah. It's well, like, well, why isn't he again, sitting in the bar lamenting the his, the loss of he can't see his daughter? I mean, she comes yeah, back but, as an adult and all that. And the, yeah, that's um, that's again a ten se- a ten episode problem. They only have so much time, and they decide to look at something different. Even five um, minutes know, of him in the in the bar lamenting the loss of his daughter, yeah, missing yeah. her so much that would have added a lot to his character. You know, I I liked I liked the thing they did with with Laan and the time travel and and her kind of falling for Kirk. I oh, that, that was, was fantastic! I, that, yeah, see, her character was very boring to me. Exactly, and now they've now. made her much more interesting. Yep. you know, and the really and the exp- pilot. I think she needs an episode like this because I think she her does. character is yeah. getting pretty stale and boring, and I don't really care about her. Yeah, um, yeah. it was but, a, but yes. and, and the new Borg, by the way, are the Gorn. Holy yeah. crap! They took one of the worst Star Trek baddies in history. Cause, yeah, because it was a joke. Because it was yeah. a guy in a rubber suit. Yeah, it was you know? awful. Yeah. And 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 they made they, they made them really, aliens. Really- <laughs> like the movie yeah. Alien, that's what they're like. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. so good. Yeah, it's um, no, it's all good stuff, and um, look forward to the next season. Um, Whenever that may quickly. be, it's not going to come well, quickly. The, well, here's the problem. Yeah, because of the strike. I mean, they normally normally they'd be well on being ready to start shooting at the beginning of next year. Yep. Um, and that's not going to happen now because of the strike and. Um, this is much as I support the strike. Obviously, we have to accept that it's going to be a good few years before uh, we sometimes we see some of the stuff that we want to see. Yeah, I, and I'm willing to accept that because I think I, I fully support the the writers and the actors here. There's it's yeah. for the studios to be able to scan someone in and use their likeness forever. Forever, 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 and anything they want with zero compensation to the actor—that's just not right. Well, it's just it, not I, right. I think. I think. I mean, look, that's that's the real extreme case. I think the real problem is that they are making money hand over fist, and yet the condition, the pay and conditions for actors and writers is worse than it's ever been. Did you I see? Think that is yeah, a it, scandal. Did you see the uh, Marvel VFX guys just formed a union? Yeah, I did see that, yeah. I say good for them, because I've read so many articles and saw so many videos on YouTube of the working conditions, and then the unrealistic demands on how fast they have to turn shit over, and then Marvel punishing them when the the work quality isn't as good as it should be, and people are complaining. It's like, Yeah. yeah, but you fuckers made it so they had to get this giant scene done in two weeks, and it should take a month. Yeah, and and then basically, what's going on in VFX is exactly what's going on in the video game industry at the moment, which is you know, again, companies making huge amounts of money off the work of poorly and overpay overwork overworked and poorly paid people. Yeah, yeah, and then your punishment for not working a hundred hour week uh, and getting something up to the right quality is the studio gets uh, gets broken up. Yep. 
right? When in fact the the constraints that are being applied to uh, affect the quality of the work are completely in the arbitrary call of well-paid executives who never get punished for the mistakes they make. Never. Yeah. yeah. It needs to change. And I don't yeah. know if the strikes are going to, or the formation of this union is going to have the desired effect as the worker bees want it to, but something's got to change. I mean, it's well, just getting so, ridiculous. So here's the thing. All the much you were talking about with the CRM software at the beginning of the episode, all the studio execs have been sold on this myth that AI is going to replace all the writers. Yeah, they're going to find out pretty quickly because what will happen with the strike is it will go through the summer and it goes into the autumn and they're not getting anywhere because the studios aren't going to take it seriously. The studio execs are going to turn around and say, well, why haven't to what we can maybe sort something out with the actors, but why haven't all those AI writers? Why don't we get AI writing going? And when they start seeing the garbage that that produces, yeah, there's going to be a bit of a wake up call. But I think this is going to take a long time because these guys have gotten used to being very, very, very greedy. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'd be surprised if it if it's um, before the beginning of next year, before they seriously come down to the table and start negotiating. And we talked about this on the last episode of um, Geeks Pub, so you can explore more about the strike on that episode. Hopefully you guys listen to that. Let's, let's stay with Star Trek for a minute. As much as I like strange new worlds and kind of a little bit looking forward to discovery just so they can wrap up that whole mess. Cause I'm so glad that one's coming to an end. Um, the guy who plays Spock, Zachary Quinto in, yeah, the, in the, in the movies, in the movies. Yeah. Which is, uh, what do they call it? A something universe. Um, the, uh, Kelvin Kelvin. Yeah. It's yeah. based off of the fact that 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 ship with captain Kurt's dad on it, was destroyed, yeah. which, by the way, I just rewatched that recently, very recently. That whole sequence when um, Thor dies, yeah, because it's the guy who plays Thor. Um, so good, it's the best part yeah. of the whole movie. It is. Um, he that, sacrifices that movie, himself. Yeah. He gets to hear his baby cry one time and name him yeah. Jim, and then he's dead. I mean, it was so yeah. powerful, and it, and it really does set up Jim Kurt on who he's going to become. Um, but it's different than what we remember in the original series, so it's kind of on its own alternate universe type of thing. He was asked at a recent convention about Star Trek Four, and a couple of questions I had was addressed. Number one, is the success and, and popularity of the new Star Trek stuff on Paramount Plus um, making it harder to make the movie? And he said no, he thinks it would actually make it easier. The problem is, even though J.J. Abrams came out last year and said, hey, we're working on the script for Star Trek Four, we plan on shooting by the end of the year, that didn't happen. Um, according to uh, Zachary, everybody involved wants to make it happen. And it's just different things pulling people away. You know, and I, I don't know if I care about a new Star Trek Four coming out. Do you? Uh, I don't because the problem because the last two were not very good. In fact, the third one was pretty bad. He uh, well, you can argue the toss about about. I've rewatched both of them recently, and you know what? They're okay. I think the whole the the whole problem with the Kelvin timeline is actually it had it had real J.J. Abrams issues, which were the same issues that he introduced in Star Wars, which was it was all about the action scene spectacle. 
uh, and the characters took played second fiddle to that. It was definitely a problem in the last two movies. Yeah, it wasn't in the uh, first one. The first one, he really did develop yeah. these characters well. Yeah, though there were still massive gaping plot holes in the way that actually operates in the Star Trek universe. But never mind that. Yeah, but that's the difficulty with it is that is that they want to make action movies, and Star Trek is not well suited to doing action movies. Um, particularly not the original series characters, yeah. And but people, as as Strangely Wills proves, they want more than just the action. Sure, we want the action, but actually it's not, it shouldn't be front and centre. And the problem with the Star Trek movies is that's what it is. Secondly, is all of the actors in it now are much bigger stars than they were back when they, when they first did this reboot. I would say two more, of them are... Well... Uh, who is Zoe Saldana's a big star. Yep. Um, uh, obviously, uh, she was in um, um, Avatar. Avatar. She's in lot. She's in Guardians lots of, of the Galaxy. She, yeah, she works very hard. Yes. Um, but she's a big star. She is. You know. Yeah. Um, and Chris Pine. Chris I, I don't Pine know if I would say he's a big star. I would say he's mid tier still. Well, nevertheless, he's. He, he, you can't just pick him up and say, Chris, um, you've got nothing on at the moment. Come do a Star Trek movie. No, I um, mean, Dungeons and Dragons, I think, was brilliant. And I yeah, I, I, was. I look forward to seeing another one of those. I thought that was great. Yeah. And he even did though, carry that on his back. Even though thing. he's kind of playing the same Jim Kirk he plays he is. in. No, no question. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, you know... <laughs> Um, that that is maybe part of the problem is that is that well not really uh, for though his the more career I think about it, the is, less I think that's true. Well, I, I I wonder I wonder if he's I wonder if he's got much range to keep his career moving forward. I don't know. He was um, pretty good as uh, Steve Trevor too. Well, yeah, I know, but again, it's the same sort. He's relying on boyish good looks and charm. There was a movie push. I saw him where he's a dad, and he was a completely different character. So, okay. All right. Well, I've not, I, I think I've maybe not he's getting a little that, yeah. bit. I think he's a much better actor than you're probably giving him credit Perhaps, for right now. But but maybe that's a problem for his perception in Hollywood. Well, that anyway. well that's his agent. <laughs> yeah, but um, the the problem is the is I I just I think it's a different group of creative people, and I'm not sure they're that creative for this franchise. Unlike the uh, people who are doing the TV shows who. Whether you like them or not, they are they are prepared to take big risks and yep. do different things, right? And I don't think the studio wants them to do this. I remember that it, it was strangely long between the first. Why and the don't second you think movie. the studio wants them to do this? Because I think the studio wants a big action tentpole, and I think it's very hard to come up with a reason to do a big action tentpole for for the kelvin universe star trek i would disagree because, it, because all three of them have been big action movies i know but but yeah but you kind of said it yourself they they kind of got worse and the, and the one of the reasons they got worse is the 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 MacGuffin, the reason for all the action yeah got less tenable the more you went through the movies yeah the but first studios one don't made give a shit lot about that they just well, care about the yeah, big I know, box but audience, office. audiences do and creatives whether they admit it or not know that Right, and I suspect one of the reasons that this property is struggling is because they can't come up with a good script that that makes the movie the movie that makes the uh, a script that makes the movie that the studio think they want. Right, that's the problem, um, and I, I think that you know the second the second movie was 
you know, even though it's the world's worst kept secret, was quite a good take on on a different version of Khan. And obviously, when you've got Khan, you've got big stakes. Uh, it was a bit muddled because they had a whole load of bad guys in there when they could have kept it a lot more a lot more simple. Um, but it, you know, they they managed to turn it to something that had a load of these big action sequences that kind of made sense. The third one was a real mess, just because it was just like, what this doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing didn't make sense. The villain's motivations were weird and the technology had didn't make sense that he all of a sudden he wanted to start attacking starships when he could have done that all the time along. It 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 just was a mess creatively because they clearly decided, right, we've got to blow up the Enterprise and we've got to have, you know, several big fight sequences. You actually watch the movie again and again, it's it's like a wave. You have a, a 10 minutes of plot and then a, an action sequence and then 10 more minutes of plot and an action sequence. And it just goes on and on and on. And by the end of the movie, you've kind of war, it's kind of worn you down. Yeah. I mean, you just really kind of, Oh, here we go again. Um, you know, and, and the problem with it is, is that by the end of the movie, there's absolutely no peril for the actor, for the current main characters at all, because we've seen them survive all of these impossible situations all the way through the movie. Yeah. And so, you just don't care. And not only that, yeah, you just don't care. <laughs> that's the problem. And I think that's the issue they have with coming up with a new script is they want another movie like that. And I don't think the people putting it together can make anyone care enough about it to go, right, let's go and make this. This is a great idea. I think it's probably all pretty bland and mediocre. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, and, I, w- and I wouldn't mind seeing... Here's an idea. You know, they're doing from the animated series over to could you see a different captain kurt and spock show up on um strange new worlds as enterprise and it's chris pine and i mean i don't think either one of those yeah. actors are too big that they couldn't no i i do but but then the the question i would be for the people who run strange new worlds is what's it's good what benefit does it going to give to their franchise having those actors there yeah, it, it's, you know, they, they've proved that they can do time travel and crossover uh, and all of that stuff at much lower budget and stakes and cost this series. So why should they bother doing that? I, what I'd like to see is, you know, um, maybe a little bit more of the Mirror Universe stuff. Um, I'd no, like I'm to see... the Mirror Universe. They've oh, done that okay. to well, death. All right, well, something That and the anyway. Borg needs to stop. They're, at this point, they're both becoming tropes. They so, are. you know, okay. Uh, what I, in fact, I'll tell you one thing I thought of that I thought would be fantastic would be to you've now got you've now got all of the uh, You better not uh, say tribbles. No, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> tribbles have been done. You you've now got the majority of the original series cast. Yeah, re- recreated. Yep. You know, they they're bringing them all together, yep. right? What I'd like them to see them to do is to do modern takes on some of the original series episodes. I'd love a series like that. You take the new Kirk, the new Spock, the new Uhura, the new Bones, the uh, a new Bones, the new Scotty, right? You put the, you basically redo the original series, the first season of the original series, and the adventures they have had them. But you do that in the uh, Strange New World style and with a different twist on the stories. I think that because they did that, they did that with. Um, the end of the last season where they where they did balance of power yep. but pike was there yep. yeah so i think you take that idea further and you say okay 
Here's, here's Kirk and his crew on an Enterprise that we recognise from Strange New Worlds. Yeah, this will be something for a couple of years down the line. And you say, effectively, what we're doing is the original series again. But this time we're we're doing it the modern way. And with, Do you think uh, they're setting up, and I wonder about this every time I watch Strange New Worlds. Do you think they're setting it up for eventually Kurt to take over and the actor who plays Pike to go away permanently from the series because he dies? Well, well yeah maybe because i, I mean, didn't like he, this they kurt made, they've the been first very time i clear. saw him and i like the, this yeah. kurt now yeah this they, they've been very clear that um you know in in universe that pike knows what's going to happen to him and he's basically he's doing his thing until it happens to him um you and think then they we've redo seen the f- entire series like I, I, it stops well, becoming this, uh, strange new worlds and it's just star trek enterprise star or trek, something why not why not? Why not? Or just basically have it graduate into the early days of Kirk as the captain. Yeah. You know, um, I, 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 why not? I, I mean, there are, you know, things you, you'd have to hand wave away. Obviously, the well, actress you got to get rid plays, of the doctor. You got to get rid of Pike. Yeah. You got to get rid of the first well, officer. Well, actually, actually, Mabenga was on the original Enterprise. That's where, on the, the original series, that's where he his character came from. So you'd still have him there, but he wouldn't be chief medical officer anymore um, because Bones came along. So you'd, um, so you'd demote him? Uh, well, presumably. he he In Strange New Worlds, he's chief medical officer, and by the time of Kirk's Enterprise, he's not. So right. something has to happen. Yeah. And let's face he it. He kills Pike. <laughs> Well, we've got enough um, intrigue into that character's background for them to be able to justify demotion. Let's face oh, no it, question. the guy's doing some... The guy's going... He's he's wrestling some demons, and those demons are uh, uh, manifesting he, he, in his work. He literally wrestled a Klingon and killed him in this season. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's kind of messed up when you realize... Now, we don't actually see how he kills the Klingon. No. But uh, uh, he and, killed and that's, that's Well, that's deliberate. I know. Yeah, because we, because they want to they obviously they want to keep the air of of intrigue. But the problem is is that you know that that Klingon deserved to be killed. He was being an overbearing dick because <laughs> he wouldn't take no for an answer. Um, and no, he's uh, a Klingon. <laughs> I mean, he was meant to be a reformed Klingon. Well, but at the end of the day, he's still a Klingon, and his message and, and was clear. Even though he yeah. was taking credit for something he never did, or well, well, blame, if you will. He was he not only that, he was trying to um he was trying to um build himself a new position on the back of that thing he never did. Yeah, um, but does that mean death? I mean Well, the problem is he, he was insisting on Mabenga being part of that and Mabenga was saying, I don't want to be part of this. I'm not proud of what happened and I don't want to be used as part of your redemption. And and the guy wouldn't take no for an answer. Then they had an argument. And like most arguments with Klingons, knives were involved. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the doctor was in the wrong. I think he uh, killed well, someone that he he should have yeah. shown restraint because he could have walked away at any time. I, I think I think that is precisely the arc they're taking Mabenga on. I think so too. This, this is a guy who, despite the fact that he's worked very hard to change who he was, he can't ever deny who he was, and whether that's because of that drug he created that he. Apparently likes a handout like um, like candy in the store or not, um, you know that's that's the thing, and that man that's the way you that's the way you demote him, <laughs> you know it's all there already. So let's change uh, focus for a minute and uh, switch over to Amazon. Have you watched the show Good Omens? 
I watched some of the first season, but my wife watched the whole thing and was very excited to find out the second season had just launched because um, she really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and and I I've got to be honest. So um, the two uh, actors who play the main characters, the angel and the devil, yep. um, David Tennant, who used to be Doctor Who, and yep. then Michael Sheen, who has made a career of, of impersonating lots of people on British and American TV and film. Yeah, are they are they did a, a lockdown podcast together where they were pretending to develop a new theatre production and they just basically are taking the piss out of each other the whole time. It was hilarious. Got turned into a TV show. Um and it basically was just like their video calls. Yeah. And um and them bouncing off each other. They are very, very good friends. I thought David David Tennant was amazing as the purple man. In, yeah, uh, exactly. In, in so Jessica, good. he's a, he is he is a fantastic actor. Yes. He's done. He did. You remember that um, that Russian a few years ago who was assassinated in London yeah. with polonium? Yep. Yeah, they did a TV series of that, and he played the Russian guy. And I tell you, you would have thought the pictures you saw from the time about when that guy was in hospital, you would have thought, oh, um, when you saw the picture of David Tennant in the promo, you'd have thought, oh, they've used CG or something. That The guy is amazing. He's like a chameleon. Yeah. And he did such a good job. Well, he plays playing... the devilish, the the demon in Good Omen. Exactly, yeah. It, and, and the the, point... they, every time these two are on the scenes together, they, they just chew it up. It's uh, so they are, good. They are both two stellar actors who really like each other and know each other really well and it just shines in their yeah. performances in I'm surprised you because, didn't finish the first season well I, I just, just just time I always have less time than I want to to watch what I want to watch yeah so. and then you watch the last two episodes two movies of Star Trek again which were both garbage. uh yeah I know they yeah. just well they're, they're on TV all the time here for some reason yeah and, well um, you have Amazon you could fire up good omens at any time and watch it I could do but it's a case of you know, sitting down and deciding to do that. And I often don't. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's, I, I gotta I, say, I will. the first season is better. The second season is yeah. a little bit weaker, but just the chance to, and I don't know, I, I guess I'm kind of glad that Amazon released the entire season at once. They don't usually do that. They usually trickle them out um, yeah. on this, everything. Here you go. The whole season, um, which was nice because I pretty much finished it in two days, which is really bad. But yeah, I, I was just I was hooked, and one of those days was really bad weather. So, and I was on vacation between the jobs, so it, it worked out well. Yeah. I, I really and, enjoyed and, it, and I got to give the first season of um, Good Omens. I'm going to give it a good solid A minus. The yeah. second one, a good solid B plus. Okay, so these are this story is based on um, a book by Neil Gaiman, who is a famous comic and uh, and fantasy author and he has some really great broad concept ideas uh, and when his stuff is done well it's fantastic it's unmatched. When his stuff when his stuff is not done well what it was, tends to be a bit of a what was the other one that was uh american oh the gods. sandman american well, gods were i just couldn't get into it but sandman no. was fantastic yeah, the Sandman was is also one of his. Yeah. Um and also if you've if you've ever watched the Lucifer TV series, yeah. where the de the devil owns a nightclub in Los Angeles yeah. and solves crimes, that is based on Neil Gaiman's work. He's also the the Lucifer character, the like the devil who's given up work running hell is 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 out of the Sandman comics. So. Yeah. Weren't the both of these out of the Sandman comics as well? Yes. In Good Omens, yeah. Yeah. Um I think so. 
It's been so long since I read Sandman. I mean, it's Sandman was big in the eighties and, and early nineties. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I, I I can't remember either. But it seems to me that though, you know, a, a, a devil and an angel working to save the world is very is a very Sandman idea. Yeah, I don't think it was. So, I don't think it came out of Sandman no. though. All right, okay. Either way, I could. It's good. I really like the Sandman on HBO. That was fantastic. But again, when are we going to get season two or when are we going to get season three of Good Omens? Maybe never. I mean, I think this these two strikes are going to change Hollywood, if you will, for a very long time to come. And I think a yeah. lot of projects are indefinitely going to go away, uh, maybe permanently. And some of them we don't even know about are going to... Because this remember, this isn't the first time this has happened. Um but the last time it happened, it doesn't seem to have changed things for the better. Well, last time it was just the writers. Yes. This time it's the writers and the actors. They've had the writers striking, the actors striking. They've never had them striking together. Yes, and, they have. You know, it was 1960. Yeah, I know. But I'm talking about in recent memory. Yeah, modern times. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, in this environment that requires uh, this huge amount of content to try and keep the streaming that's, numbers. That's the thing. And this is that. this leads me to my... the the next and last topic we have so many studios out there producing content now and they're all streaming and they all keep raising the prices even though much of the stuff that's on there is you know 90s and 80s and 2000 stuff movies and the original content at least in the movies aren't very good most of the series out there aren't very good now we're talking about the good ones here that we've enjoyed but there's three times as many that we're not talking about that are just bad or we're not the yeah. right audience for. I will, I will give that caveat. That being said, when they keep raising prices, they're fighting for subscribers. A lot of people lately have been unsubscribing or they'll subscribe for a month to watch the new show that they like. And then they unsubscribe again. That doesn't help the studios because they give a free month. Um, when all of these studios and companies have these streaming services, they're all competing for the same actors and writing. They're all competing for the same eyeballs. They're all competing for our dollars and subscription. Something's got to give. Um, Disney is just this week coming out saying they're going the Netflix route. They're going to raise prices next year, and they're cracking down on password sharing, which yeah. never ends well for the, these streaming services. I don't know why Disney would want to follow Netflix's lead here because Netflix got beat up for it, and they lost subscribers. So... The news coming out is now there's rumblings, once again, of Apple potentially buying Disney. Now, you and I have been talking about this since we were doing the MyMac podcast, you know, 15 years ago. Still, I think there might be a little something to this one now. I, I think Michael Eisner, who is in charge of Disney, is that right, Michael Eisner? Uh, no, not anymore. No. It's, um, yeah. it's the guy who left and came back yeah, Bob somebody. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Iger. Bob I, uh, Iger. Yeah, Bob Iger. I think he is effectively setting up Disney to be sold off. Um, and there's only a few companies out there with the money, the money to be able to do it, and Apple is one of them. Apple can do it with money in cash if they wanted to. That's how much money Apple has. Um, and it makes sense because Apple and Disney has always had synergy. Ever since Steve Jobs sold Pixar to Disney... 
and they they retained he was on the Disney board and Iger was on the Apple board right up until Apple TV launched. Um, there's always been synergy. I think these two companies have a lot in common, culture and all that. So it does make sense when you look at how many streaming companies are out there, and Apple is one of them with Apple TV, uh, a distant fifth maybe, um, with really good content. I, I think Apple TV is now the new HBO. Um, yeah. Does Disney need Apple? I don't think so. But I think when you get these, because look, Microsoft is acquiring Activision Blizzard, so you're seeing these tech companies acquiring more and more content-driven studios and stuff like that. In that regard, I think it does make sense. I think Apple owning the Disney IP is probably the best if Disney gets sold. I don't know anybody else that I would feel confident being a steward for all that IP outside well, of Apple. Yeah, my 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 kind of pause on this really is is that Disney is much bigger than the IP. They do so much other stuff that isn't just that that doesn't slot into Apple's wheelhouse. Disney Plus does, and I think you could argue that that you know. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not even sure whether whether Star Wars and Marvel and those other things kind of really fit inside Apple. But well, I think if could, Apple owned them, Apple would be more of a hands off, letting them do what they want to yeah. do. But I, but I think. That, I think the problem is Apple is already one of the, well, depending on, on what the numbers look like, biggest companies in the world. So what advantage does owning Disney bring to Apple, apart from a whole load of headaches? All of a sudden, All of a sudden, they've got to start start running theme parks and content. selling lunchboxes. Yes, and, content. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm... I, content I is king. Let's be honest. Yeah, what's going to yeah, sell if, these new? If they could headphones. get the content without right. all the other stuff, that's fine. But I think the problem is, is that Disney has monetized the content in so many ways that just don't naturally fit with Apple at all. Um, that I don't see the. I think for the Apple would love to have the content. I don't think they want the other baggage that comes with it. I don't think they want to be. Well, they, they could break Disney to, up. They could turn around and sell to. the theme parks, and, and they that's could, the point. Yeah. That's the point I'm trying to make. But the problem with breaking Disney up is that the, if the value is in the IP, right, you then have to, if you want to spin off the theme parks, the theme parks need the IP. They're, they're synergistic. And if you sell the IP to Apple, then Apple still has a problem that has to continue with licensing agreements with the theme parks. And you have to structure that in such a way that nobody can ever walk away because the theme parks are nothing without the IP. Right, so and, that's and the, the theme parks strengthen the IP. Yeah, I agree with that. They, well, yeah, yeah, but theme parks is a very, very different business, and I don't see Apple wanting to run theme parks. I don't see Apple wanting to make frozen dresses for little girls. I don't. All of that monetization of the IP is something I don't think Apple would naturally be good at, and I don't think they'd even necessarily want to run it at arm's length because it's a huge financial risk to Apple. And let's face it, if if Apple really needed a good shot in the arm at the moment to boost boost their numbers, then that's fine. But Apple doesn't. Apple is one of the few tech companies that, you know, whatever their struggles are and, and whatever the changes going through in the industry are, they're in a, a hugely great position. And I, I, to me, it the whole Disney thing seems like it will be uh, some, some marginal gains on some areas, some big gains in others, but a huge financial risk. And I, I don't 
see Apple as being that risk, that having the risk appetite for, for taking all of Disney on. So Disney needs to be broken up. And I think Apple won't be interested until the breakup happens. Not, um, they won't want to be part of the breakup. I think that's they quite would before, be. That's quite before you get into um, yeah, the, the difficulty as well. The regulatory environment in the US at the moment is that anything big tech does gets you know seriously looked at by the uh by the government and i don't think apple wants more regulatory oversight at the moment they've got enough problems as it is i think apple would would... love to buy disney i think that uh all the reasons you don't think they want to get into it i think they do um the only drawback i can see is um the government especially what's going on in florida right now and I don't think Apple wants to walk into that. But beyond that yeah. aspect of it, I think they would jump at the chance to buy Disney. It's it's such a iconic brand, and I think Apple would be amazing stewards of that brand. And I think Apple needs that Disney content more than anybody else. If they want to be a big player on online streaming, I think Apple TV goes away, and it's just disney plus or whatever the new i think uh, yeah well that's a different conversation if they could buy disney plus and have some sort of licensing arrangement to retain access to the disney ip i think it's just as easy for them to own it all why would they want to get into all that kind of a mess why they just own it all i don't i don't think disney will want to sell it i think did i think disney would like to lose disney (laughs) plus i don't think bob Iger likes disney plus much i think he'd like to get rid of it um but i i I don't. I think he would view the IP as uh, probably quite rightly as the Disney crown jewels, and saying, "Well, you can't have that." Right, um, which is why they just want to buy it. it all. No, they're not well, going to license yeah. it. They're, the only way it makes sense is Apple buys the whole shebang. That's the only way this ever makes sense, and I think they want to. I think in the we'll political see. environment on both, you know, the Republicans in Florida and the Democrats in Washington makes it unappealing right now. Yeah, but yeah, but that that will change. And and here's the thing: I think this might be a conversation for two years down the line, because two years down the line, whatever the outcome of this strike we've seen is, is going to kick Disney pretty hard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Disney Plus is is not in a great place anyway. And as we've seen recently, the white the big white hope of of Disney Plus was the benefits of the streaming shows <laughs> and you as you and I have talked recently the uh, recent marvel um and uh, star wars streaming shows have not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination there's been some clunkers there and you know that doesn't help disney plus either 2 years down the line disney's really been hurt by the strike and Apple is struggling comes in to and get back gets them for and a disney song plus in yeah. disney plus has become a real millstone then I think there's a conversation to be had. But I think it would very much hinge on the business arrangements around the Disney IP and and Disney Plus. And whether, Dis- whether I think Apple would prefer to buy Disney Plus on its own rather than buy the whole thing. I think there are aspects of the thing, of the, the whole Disney enterprise they wouldn't want. Um, and the, the question can, then comes down to, is there a deal to be made around that? Or does it have to be the whole thing or nothing? Uh, and then, then it becomes is is you know how hungry is is Apple at that point to uh, to wade into that? I think at that point, of the changing government, even if it's even if it's continues to be the Democrats, I think the uh, the regulatory uh, urge to uh, dominate big tech will perhaps have cooled a little bit, um, and um, 
you know, then we'll see what happens. With that, we're going to wrap up the Geeks Pub. Uh, we'd love to get feedback from you guys. It's the show at geekspubpodcast.com. The show at geekspubpodcast.com. You can always follow us on Facebook. Uh, we are under the at MyMac and at TechFanPodcast. We don't have a Geeks Pub one there because I always cross promote, anyways. Um, yep. Forget about Twitter. I, I still post when a new episode on the network or the show goes live there, but. Other than that, who cares about Twitter? It's a uh, it's yeah. a dead and dying. Yeah, and the, the Any, sooner it goes away, the better. Yeah. Anybody who uh, wants to find me on Mastodon, you can. I'm at Davy B Cohen at twit social. Yeah. So um, come find me there if you like. Yeah, but nobody will because no one gives a shit about Mastodon. <laughs> Prove him wrong, people. Prove me wrong, I, but you can't because. 95% of the people listening to this created a Mastodon account and never use it. Same yeah, thing with no, the new I, Facebook thing. A bunch no. of people went in and downloaded the app and looked at it and forgot it's on their iPhone And do you now. know what? I love it like that. Because I only want to interact with the people on Mastodon who are interested in interacting on Mastodon. It's a very nice place at the moment. It is. I'm finding, all 120 of you are doing a great job. <laughs> I'm finding nice people who talk about nice things. That's 95% of I can avoid all the, the political yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. So, David, I'll see you next week on a Tech Fan. See you then.